Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman. I'm a registered dietitian specializing in intuitive eating and health at every size. I'm also the founder of the Intuitive RD, a project that aims to provide weight-inclusive nutrition education through workshops, online courses, retreats, written content, and private counseling. Join me as we explore the foundations of the non-diet approach to health and wellness and chat with leading professionals in the field. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of Intuitive Bites. For this week's episode, I'm talking with Kathleen Meehan, who is a registered dietitian who is currently based in Texas. And we're chatting about this concept of how healthy eating can become very much like a diet um, when it takes on diet-like qualities. Um, And really specifically, we dive into, you know, um, rigidity around food and um, those types of things. So really, really awesome conversation. It was really fun to talk to uh, Kathleen this week. Um, and both of her and I got to um, bond a little bit over the fact that we're really sad that we're not at the conference um, in DC this weekend for dietitians. Um, but we had a great time talking, so it was fine. Um, <laughs> other than that, guys, um, a couple things to note. So I have a sale on both of my intuitive eating courses. So um, there's an introduction to intuitive eating course and also an an intuitive eating after weight loss surgery course. Um, So if you have questions for me about that, let me know. But um, there is a sale from now until Halloween. uh, So you can find those in the link in the bio of my Instagram. And if you're finding me um, from some other source that's not Instagram and you don't know where to find me on Instagram, um, my handle is at theintuitive underscore RD. So that's how you can find me on there. Uh, One other thing I would like to mention because um, really, I just really think it's something that could be useful to all of you guys listening um, is the Peace With Food app. So if you haven't heard about this before, I did mention it on my last episode, but Peace With Food app, um, this is a tool for tracking hunger and fullness cues and checking in with them throughout the day. Um, The app will send you notifications to kind of remind you to check in. Um, It's something that can be really valuable for the individual, but also if you're working with a dietitian. Um, and you know, the, the app will actually send the information to your dietitian so they can know kind of how you're, how you're doing with, um, you know, checking in with your, your cues. So it's just something to consider if you're, you're looking for something that, um, can kind of give you that, that daily reminder, um, and just help you on your journey of finding intuitive eating a little bit more. Um, so once again, it's called peace with food. Uh, so check it out if you, yeah, if you're interested at all. Um, finally, as I kind of always mention on here, if you have a moment to leave me a review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, either a review or just, you know, a rating, clicking on the stars and um, letting me know what you're thinking about the podcast so far. Um, yeah, again, it would just be greatly appreciated. Um, it does make a difference in terms of who gets to, you know, gets exposed to my, my podcast. Um, and of course, you know, 
my mission is to get this this word out to as many people as possible. So um, yeah, so I def- definitely would appreciate it if you have a moment. All right, guys. So let us get right into my conversation with Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so happy to do this with you. Yay. Okay. So um, we had talked about a couple different topic ideas. And the one that I really would love to bring to my listeners and kind of hear your thoughts on today um, is this idea of, you know, how healthy eating can become harmful if there's kind of that diet mentality. So, you know, maybe there doesn't have to necessarily be a diet um, to have this harmful effect. So um, to kind of jump right into it, I guess like I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you kind of feel like it means to be on a diet and how that kind of like relates to healthy eating. Sure. I I feel like we could probably define dieting so (laughs) many different ways as it's sort of shape shifted over the years. But the way that I really think about it is that it kind of has to do with relying on external cues more than kind of listening to your internal wisdom. That's how I think about it these days. And using rules and regulations to kind of guide you um, as you make choices and and often using those rules um, or allowing those rules to overpower what you might actually want to do instead, if that makes sense. Um, Yes, definitely. Sometimes when you just feel externally controlled by something, that feels like a diet to me. Absolutely. And I feel like I find this such an interesting topic because um, I was very much a person that was like, you know, um, like in my undergrad studying nutrition, I was very much that person that was like, you know, diets don't work, yada, 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 like we shouldn't be dieting, it's whatever. So I was, I felt very strongly in that because that was part of what I was learning. However, it's kind of mind boggling to me how I didn't really get it, um, even though I said that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That, that makes sense to me at the same time, though, because sometimes we, honestly, I think as dietitians, we were sort of told that we're going to be the experts, so we're going to be kind of doling out those rules to a certain extent. So I don't think I realize the nuance between, you know, the difference, the difference between a certain diet that I had always heard about that I would never, ever recommend and some of the things that I may have been um, more comfortable suggesting to to my clients or patients, um, that that has been hard to come to terms with. I think, kind of marry the two. Exactly, exactly. I think that's where kind of the shift is because the thing that I think it comes down to is that um, you know it doesn't necessarily meet, matter exactly what we're recommending, but like how somebody is receiving that and and what their intention behind that is. You mm-hmm. know. That I feel like that's where you know it's it gets a little sticky. Yeah, I love that word intention. I feel like I'm always mm-hmm. coming back to that because I think the intention beso- behind the decisions that we make really matters. And the same intention, say like eating a salad, eating a salad could be totally from a place of a diet mindset, or it could be totally from a place of intuition and self care and doesn't feel restrictive at all. But the intention and the foundation a person has in terms of, you know, how connected they are to their own body, uh, I think really, really matters and can differentiate between the two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I think like, 
I don't know. I feel like what I see more of now is, um, I guess, you know, we have these terms like, you know, there's diet culture and then there's like this wellness culture. And I feel like that's where this conversation kind of like comes to, because it's like, um, for many people, they wouldn't really relate to saying, um, you know, that they were dieting, but they have this, you know, um, drive to eat healthy, quote unquote, and, you know, kind of restrict themselves in the process of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there's just so much noise out there about what is and what isn't healthy that it becomes really confusing to the consumer. Um, because I think you can, I mean, frankly, you can find entirely contradictory information, you know, and even, even information that's evidence-based, you know, I think as dietitians, we've always been, um, sort of instructed and really kind of taken value to having evidence-based information. And while that's important, I also have to kind of acknowledge that there's going to be some science that shows one thing is right. And some science that shows the exact opposite is right. And that's really, I think, hairy for the consumer, especially if they're really trying to focus and emphasize on what they can to um, manage their health. Um, right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's tough to navigate um, and, and also know what exactly is healthiest, which is why I'm constantly coming back to, well, what feels right to you? What do you notice? How can you get curious about um, some of this stuff rather than just black and white? Oh, I can never eat that. I can never eat that. I have to eat this. I can't eat that. Um, I think we can learn a lot from listening to our bodies about what really is healthy. Oh, yes. I totally agree with that. I love that. Um, so let me ask you directly, I guess, like what, what do you think the mindset is exactly? And we've kind of alluded to this, but like, what is the mindset that, that is harmful, whether it's dieting or, you know, attempting to, um, you know, make a healthy lifestyle change? Like what is the, the mindset that, that can be harmful there? I think rigidity is really at the root of a lot of the concerns that I have, you know, I, if I ever hear someone speaking about how they are kind of, their health behaviors are in absolutes, like they, they always do this, or I have to do that, or I can't do that, then it makes me kind of think, hmm, you know, they're not really allowing for flexibility or allowing for uh, life, <laughs> life, frankly. Um, and I think it, it does sort of connect to the mental health side of things as well, because, you know, like I said before, you can make a a choice that is traditionally healthy and sits well with you. You know, you, it doesn't negatively affect you in any way. It, it's just a choice that you make and you move on with your life. But then I also think that there are times where people make sort of quote unquote healthy choices and it, it, it rules over them or it's really hard or it's attached to some sort of morality. Um, so I'm constantly wanting to kind of know how, how choices make a person feel physically and mentally. Um, I don't know if that's sort of what, along the lines of what you're thinking too, in terms of rigidity versus flexibility, but that's often a hallmark of, you know, a diet in disguise if a person is really making rigid choices. I think, yeah, you, you kind of stated that perfectly. Uh, I love that. Um, I think, you know, even just like calling out that, that term, like a diet in disguise, um, you know, but it really, it does, it comes down to, um, you know, 
is falling off of your kind of goal or whatever going to like, how's that going to make you feel? Is it going to make you feel like a failure and like your whole day is ruined and now you're just going to like throw caution to the wind or whatever? Like, is it, is it just Mm -hmm. like, is it really, it's like on the wagon, off the wagon type thing, right? Totally. And I always like to say like, there is not a wagon when you're an intuitive eater, you know, like, and I, I think there's also this notion that dietitians who sort of identify with intuitive eating nail it 100% of the time. And like intuitive eating also means overeating from time to time and feeling uncomfortable. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about Thanksgiving either, you know, like we get, you get too hungry sometimes and you overeat or you feel, you feel a certain way and you overeat or it's so good and you want to keep eating. I think, I think we kind of had to recognize that it's all normal. And when we pull in some guilt or, you know, feelings, about what we've done or the choices that we make, that's really what kind of derails us in terms of health. Um, mm-hmm. And with, with self-compassion and showing yourself a little bit of curiosity and non-judgment, I feel like there is no falling off the wagon because there is no wagon. It's just like, wow, I, you know, I didn't eat for X amount of hours and I know my body better than that. I got really, really hungry and and I ate everything that I could get my hands on. And now I need to go lay down with sweatpants on. And there's no judgment there. It's just, it's just what happened. And because you've had that experience, you can remind yourself in the future, like, wow, when I go a long time without eating, like I could care less about how food is going to make me feel. I'm just like going for it. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like those are real life situations that kind of differentiate being on a diet versus just being a normal person around food and common denominator about how you feel afterwards is judgment and criticism. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I just saw um, a quote in the past week or so. And I think it was for, it was like Linda, Linda Bacon. And she had said something along the lines of, you know, if you're um, if a mother is, you know, working at McDonald's and if she, you know, doesn't eat, that food every day or whatever she's not going to eat at all then actually the best thing for her to do is to eat that food like Mm -hmm. that's that's the healthiest choice for her and she said and and following intuitive eating isn't necessarily the best choice for her and i thought that was interesting because my thought on it is was kind of like i feel like that is intuitive eating you know like like i personally think that like different choices that are, are going to make the most sense for somebody's health, even whatever. I'm not even going to say even if anything, I feel like that choice is the intuitive choice. Like, totally. I, you know what I mean? So I, I just thought that was interesting. And I think that the broader we can create this, this um, concept of intuitive eating and the more inclusive we can be with it, the better, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's such a great point. And like, it just, to me, it reminds me of black and white thinking, which is again, a hallmark of a diet, you know, you're either on or you're off or you're doing well, you're doing poorly, or, you know, you're, you screwed everything up or whatever. And if you're not being a black and white thinker, you're able to kind of exist in this gray area where you can think critically about what's going to serve you best. And certainly I would never recommend not eating you know, the, the food that's available to you just because it doesn't necessarily align with your goals. If the alternative means that you're also not going to eat anything like that's like food is energy at the end of the day and going without food is never the answer. Um, in my opinion, I would, I would agree that that's the healthier choice, frankly. Right. Um, 
and it is intuitive, sort of like you say, because you know that your body needs food. Mm-hmm. You know that you need energy. And, you know, I would be a grumpy <laughs> fast food worker <laughs> if I was <laughs> foregoing food all day, you know, for whatever reason. So it would yeah. not it would not serve customer service well, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And I think that um, I was just talking with um, someone yesterday about, um, you know, I guess like kind of getting down to like the nitty gritty of like what makes eating intuitive or not. And I, I think that it's it comes down to the awareness kind of. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you're just going about things and not thinking about anything and kind of not feeling good in your eating or whatever, um, and just totally checked out, um, then that's not intuitive. But if you're making a choice for how you're, you know, the, um, how it's going to make your body feel, and that's, that's a choice, a conscious choice, I think that's where the intuitive part comes in. Totally. And I think, I think also like there's this strong emphasis on intuition and how you feel, which of course, I find to be valuable and, and almost the root of it all. Mm-hmm. But I just had a conversation with a client who we were talking about, you know, meeting the, his energy needs and how they were, you know, high, not because I was necessarily calculating specific numbers, but based on what he was telling me and how he was feeling and how he was eating. You know, we were sort of saying he is honoring his hunger and fullness cues right now. But to a certain extent, we also have to bring in a little bit of external knowledge and past experience that even though his hunger and fullness cues are telling him X, Y, and Z, he's feeling really tired and he's feeling weak and he's not recovering from his workouts. And so there has to be a little bit of critical thought, you know, just beyond, "Hmm, I feel full, I'm done. Um, You know, because that's not always super, you know, it it is reliable. So I don't want to, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth right now, but I think you do have to kind of recognize too, like, Hey, food is energy. I need to meet a certain mark or I need to make certain decisions based on specific conditions I have or specific needs that I know my body has. And it's really interesting to kind of marry that with also listening to your body. Um, and I think that just kind of speaks to the nuance of intuitive eating and why it's hard to navigate for a lot of people because so many people do just make it only about hunger and fullness. And I would argue that that's not necessarily healthful either if we're turning it into something black and white yet again. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And as you were kind of talking about that, I was thinking like of basically just the importance of, of curiosity, right? Like not mm-hmm. just like, Oh, this is, um, you know, hunger. I listen to hunger, I listen to fullness and then that's it. And I'm done. And I figured it out and I follow this to a T again, that's where the black and white comes in. But I think the curiosity piece makes it fluid. Um, it allows you to dig deeper into asking more questions about how your body's really feeling three hours after you eat it, you know, like in all those things. Mm-hmm. And experimenting. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think people, because to be fair, we've always said, we're the nutrition experts. We know everything. And so I think people <laughs> come to us and they're like, you know, tell me exactly what to do. And I'm, I always mm-hmm. say, I can't, unfortunately, but we can experiment. Like we can go back to the drawing board as many times as we have to to sort of figure out what you need and what really suits you well, but you have to have the experience and the curiosity in order to really kind of understand that. I can't say this is exactly what's going to work for you. That's not how it works. 
Right. And it's funny because even if we had the ability to know exactly what that person needed, you know, with genetic testing and all that stuff, like, like it actually, it still wouldn't be helpful. And that's where we've gotten in trouble is, you know, putting the knowledge in the, in the front seat and the person's experience, personal experience in the back seat, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which I think too, you know, again, critical thinking and, and dietitians and the medical community in general loving to be so evidence-based. Mm. The evidence and the research is great, but how does it actually work on the day-to-day in that person's life? And how does it work in that person's life? Because that may be two very different experiences or, you know, who knows what's going on that sort of causes a person to experience the recommendation differently. And I... I think <laughs> with age comes wisdom. And, you know, <laughs> I haven't been a dietitian for that long compared to some people, but I think I've definitely realized that, yes, the science matters, but I also want to know, you know how it works in the wild because I think mm-hmm. you kind of have your blinders on if you're not also considering that at the same time. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love the way you put that. That's awesome. Um, so Kathleen, I'm going to ask you kind of a wrap up question. I like to kind of direct my final question to, you know, the listeners or anybody that might be struggling with kind of the topic we're talking about. So, um, what would your advice be to someone who, you know, feels like, Oh no, I'm definitely, you know, not, doing diets, I don't do that, but they are, I guess, let's just say they have this rigidity in their eating and they feel bad when they don't follow a certain, you know, food rule or whatever. So what would your kind of advice be for them, that person right now? You know, I think, I think self-compassion can go a long way. And I think it gives us the space to kind of get curious about what we need. Um, I think, diets in general are often so, they, they promise so much so fast and it can be really hard to shift into intuitive eating and not sort of feel like you have that same promise. Like it can take a long time to explore all of the different food rules that you have and certain rules may come up based on certain experiences that a person is going through. And, you know, people may feel like, oh, I thought I worked through all that and here it is again. And Self-compassion sort of lets you explore that more and kind of ask yourself, well, what's really going on? Like, what am I really feeling? What purpose is this rule serving? Um, Mm -hmm. I think I I always like to sort of say, what's your expectation about how fast you're going to be able to get, quote unquote, through this? Because there's no real end goal. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of this state of awareness and curiosity that you're kind of constantly in. Um, but also I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like you're constantly thinking about it either. You're just, you're curious without it really being, feeling like a burden. It just, it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably my main suggestion is to just show yourself a little bit of self-compassion and grace. And, you know, if you can have support to explore those food rules with, someone else who really understands the nuance of intuitive eating, I definitely would recommend it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think you just, you brought up a really good point um, in talking about, um, you know, that this process and and like diets kind of have given a very um, uh, simple, I guess, expectation level, like, okay, you're going to do and you're going to get this result. And with intuitive eating and this whole journey, um, I think, 
it's important to go into it understanding that um, it's not um, going to be so smooth and that's okay because if you have the expectation that hey there's going to be ups and downs and days where I thought that I was quote unquote you know making really good progress and now I feel like I'm starting over like that's okay and that's part of it too and and like you said that's where the self-compassion piece comes in and and that's when you can say this is actually not stepping backwards. It's still moving forward. It's just mm-hmm. something I didn't realize before was moving forward. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it, there's room for an opportunity to kind of learn a little bit more too. You know, if you can kind of lean into what you're feeling, it, it can let you know what you need. You know, I think about in intuitive eating, you know, the authors talk about emotional eating and how, you know, sometimes emotional or, you know, that, that response after someone has kind of worked through it and brought in other coping mechanisms, you know, that sort of feeling out of control around food for some people is, is a gift because it lets you know that you need something. And I think that sometimes when, you know, it feels, if it feels hard, that might be a window to be able to explore why or what's going on or learning more about sort of what you need. Yes. Oh, I love that so, so much. Um, (laughs) Thank you, you, Kathleen, um, for talking with me today. This was great. Thank you. Uh, This was so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're going to send me some info on you so everyone can can find you on Instagram all over the place. Um, All right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you. You have a happy Friday. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 15. Thanks so much for listening. And to anyone out there who is at Fancy, um, that conference uh, in D.C. this weekend, I hope you guys are having so much fun. I'm only slightly jealous. Um, And to all the rest of you, I hope you guys have an awesome week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.